Welcome to Ministry IRL. I'm your host, Patrick Weed, and I'm super excited to explore with you what life can be like behind the scenes for those who are in ministry. Let's talk about what ministry is like in real life. Well, welcome to another episode of Ministry IRL, and I'm really excited about today. Today's going to be really different. Um, I reached out to, I don't know if I can call you an old friend or not, <laughs> Grace, Grace and Victor, and let me see if I can pronounce this right. Is your last name Coma? Yeah. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for making the time to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. So let's see. Introductions. So Grace, you and I kind of know each other, um, but we definitely have something huge in common. So I am trying to remember, were you born in Kazakhstan or did your parents move to Kazakhstan right after you were born? We, we moved, I was actually, I think, four or turning five when we moved. Um, okay. Yeah, so I had a few years in America, but then was in Kazakhstan almost as much as I've been in America now. Last year was the first year, I was like, oh, snap, now I've been equally <laughs> the same amount of time in America and Kazakhstan, and I can't say that I'm more Kazakh than American. <laughs> uh, no, I totally understand that. I had the same thing happen like a year or two ago. I was like, oh, I've lived in one, not just in America, but in one place long <laughs> ever, ever, ever lived anywhere in my whole life. So I totally understand that. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the joys of getting older and, and putting down roots, right? Yep. Yeah. So, and Victor, you guys have been, uh, let's see. So I was thinking of how to ask this because I think it's probably a whole nother story, a whole nother podcast in of itself. But how did you guys meet? How long have you been married? How many kids do you have? Give me kind of some of that stuff. Uh, we, oh man, how long years, sorry? Probably more. No, we celebrated 11 years of uh, marriage. marriage. But together, I would say 15. Yeah. 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my dad was a guest speaker at his church, um, and we went, and he was like one of the only drummers I've ever met in Kazakhstan, like at a church. So <laughs> I just fell in love with that with that church, and just um, we started to do worship together. We had like a little rock band there as well before we moved here. So. Nice. I love drummers. I'm a drummer too, by the way, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love drummers. I think that I think drummers like are the backbone of the worship team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. So, and that's kind of a great transition too, because um, one of the things I was hoping to talk to you guys about today is worship. And I wanted to start with a little bit of something that I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to say, but it was something that really sparked the whole idea for this. So Grace, you, um, I follow you on Instagram. Um, guys, make sure to check her out on there. But you posted um, like this highlight of, worship and you had this like train of thought i don't know if you remember it do you remember that at all yeah i don't do it often i just started to share my heart now so <laughs> that's nice. one of the first things i've done that was something that really caught my attention would you mind kind of sharing a little bit of what you said what you remember and and kind of where that came from from your heart yeah um well there's just been this whole year, 2020, has just been kind of a wake-up call for, for us. But, you know, we've been in worship ministry, like, just serving for, like, the whole time we've been together. And we've always been doing worship, like, since I was in school, you know, like, on worship teams. And um, we were um, at this church for three years now and, like, in, like, a leadership role and seeing, like, we have we have something that God has given us that we carry and just discovering what it is, like, over the years and um, 
just how beautiful worship and music is. But what I saw this year when like everything was um, stripped away, really, you know, from like all the excess was taken away. And what remained was was what the, the church and what the church is is meant to be. And just all the uniqueness in each person and individuality in, in worship and in creativity. And um, I just really feel that, that, that worship has been like a genre over the years, you know, like it's always like worship music is like this and the Christian radio stations, it all sounds the same. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really listen to it, <laughs> but um, just even like, this is a worship song. This isn't a worship song. Like, the way we choose songs for a Sunday is like, is this singable? Is this like repetitive? Like, does it have a really big bridge? Like, do we build on that over and over again? And which I love, I love all of that. Like, I know how powerful those kinds of moments are, but I realized just in over this year that worship, there's just a new sound of worship and a, a new sound from heaven that, that God is, is giving to people. And you can hear it in just the songs that are being released from other artists who are be, who are taking the risk to sound different and mm. to not try to fit the CCM like mold. And um, like my, my favorite, um, Callie, Hallie Genthal, I don't know if that's how you say her name, but, or Brandon Lake, like they're doing something a little bit different and they're taking a risk and it's so beautiful because it sounds different. And what I realized is that, that worship, the new sound of worship sounds like you and me, like it sounds like whoever's carrying that song the song that God's given to me is supposed to sound like me. It's not supposed to sound like Chris Tomlin or Hillsong. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> I think this, this year is given like a freedom to explore that because, you know, no one cares about the, the beautiful picture, the beautiful like production right now. People are releasing music, releasing art, create creative things. Like they're just like sharing it. They're just doing live concerts in their bedrooms. And like, <laughs> like all of this, like all we want is the raw and the real. Mm. And there's such a, just a unique, a unique sound that each of us carry. And I think it's, this is just a moment that we can actually step into that and um, have the freedom to just explore, like, what did God give me? Like, like I have a specific sound and I need to find that sound so I can share it. I don't need to sound like someone else. Like we've, we've wanted to write songs for years and always it's like, mm, this is too boring or this sounds like this or whatever. Like, it's all right. But even just in the last month, like I sat down at the piano with a song that I wrote like six years ago, maybe. And suddenly I heard these new sounds, like this new things and a new way to look at it. And like, I'm thrilled now, like we're, we're working on it now, like how to release it and stuff. And just like, there's an excitement that, that like, it's like a clean slate sort of like we're starting from scratch and we can really just do what, whatever, whatever God's asking us rather than trying to fit a mold. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love it. I love it. You, uh, you're going to make me cry because this is like, I don't know how to say this exactly, but I've been realizing, especially now with all the like isolation and people staying home and church being completely different than what it was, as much as I appreciate the internet, doing worship at home is so different. And to be honest, a lot harder. Yeah. And it's something for me that was like, it was really where I get I don't know, I don't want to say fed, but like where my soul gets full is from being in a big group of people doing worship, you know, be it church or be it like Victor actually was noticing some of your uh, videos that you posted of like being out in some of the um, the 
people walking the streets and, and doing worship together. And you were talking about how like, that's the church. Like I miss doing worship with other people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That is, that's something um, over the last two months, I guess we started as we were reopening, like in our, in our state and stuff. And we, we always gather on Thursdays with our worship team and we've opened it to some other people too. And, and there's always like a, you know, like groups of people, <laughs> like you're nervous about it, but it's so necessary. Like whoever, if you're, if you're able to gather in some way and for us, especially in ministry, like the worship team, we're the ones that are carrying all of this right now, you know, like all the other teams have kind of got a break because there's no way to like welcome and do coffee and there's no way to <laughs> have kids ministry really well right now. And so like, but the worship team, we've continued to do worship, whether it was recording stuff or whatever. So we've been working hard this whole time. And so for us, a Thursday night, we come together and we just worship together without an agenda, without, we don't practice for Sunday. We actually just spend time in the Lord's presence and to see like after three or four months of not doing that, like the first, the first week back was, the most special special moment and you know you realize like wow we took it for granted before like it's such a gift to gather with a community of believers and just sing together mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that's really special I, I like that a lot victor i have a unique question for you i don't know you, you might have gotten this a thousand times or, or none at all i don't know um so you're from kazakhstan so yeah. your first your first language is russian probably russian. I'm assuming. yeah so what's worship like for you in doing it in a second language um uh, i mean when you play drums that is kind of like universal language we grew up we, i mean we were inspired and and uh influenced by you know the hillsong early hillsong plenty shakers it was it was i mean we grew up with this music so it, it's something personal something close to us so it wasn't hard the hardest part was uh, is to um we were we were always we saw the worship as a um family group of people who see themselves as a family we chose to be connected to each other we chose to be attentional for each other we chose to fight for each other relationship and whatever it is uh and then in america you step into the competition mode oh. and we it, it was so hard for us to to adjust to the culture we had so many questions that we we never get the answers and I remember when we left our last church, uh, because like we just felt like our our season to move, uh, and 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 now I see why, because we always long for family, but uh, we never we never had that. But you cannot force that or ask people, hey, you should do this, you know. But and suddenly, when God gave us a position, like as a leader, as a church, we're like, wow, this is a chance and opportunity to actually create something that we always long for. Hmm. And that was, that was what would change in, in the past three years so much because we had authority, I would say, if you can say that, uh, to, not, to fight, for what, fight for something so special, unique for us. Because I knew if we're never going to build a family right now, I don't know how to sustain the ministry. Hmm. Because like once when, when hard season comes, you know, when the moments were like COVID, you know, every, people isolated, people emotionally exhausted. Uh, our group as a, as a worship team, our group is so connected, so tight right now, so close because we, we, we create a culture where we care for each other. We, we do it intentionally. We're not here gathered just to pull one Sunday. 
we're here because we chose to love each other, know each other's needs, know each other's prayers. Mm. And we fight for each other. We fight for a relationship. Because if family looks like, if heaven looks like family, let's just develop the family. Because, because healthy family, the pure, raw relationship is it's so super contagious in a good way. Mm. And you, you will be surprised how many people right now wants to join our group because, and coming from the big mega churches with 2,000 people, Coming here, like we have an amazing worship night yesterday was Holy Spirit just show up in an amazing way. And we have so many tears because mm. people, people look for that for years. Oh, yeah. But for us, I'm like, this is how it's, I think, supposed to be. Like, right. you cannot yeah. do that ministry without that part. And it took us a couple, like, couple of years to, you know, to get in the place where we able to actually create that, model that, and fight for it. It's not easy. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's for sure. What, uh, give us like maybe just one, one way that you started doing that? I mean, was it having people in your home? Was it just yeah, pursuing yeah. on other <clears throat> Sundays? Like give us a tidbit into that. Yeah, so basically uh, when we joined uh, the Rise Our Church, we, we have certain way how, you know, they want us to practice, which is like, you know, make sure we practice with the click, make sure we practice with the tracks, make sure that all the system connected, which is great and I, and I love that. The problem with that, we, we were portable church. It's a two setups and teardown. And if people familiar with that, that's like exhausting. That's like not fun at all. And uh, especially for a musician, you know, like you're so exhausted by the time you're ready for practice, you already like, man, I just want to go home. Like, just. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember at some point, a lot of people were frustrated because practice never, it never was like, um, like, like good solid practice. It's just a lot of frustration. Yeah. You can feel the tension. And we sit down with Grace and we're like, you know what? That's not gonna work. Like if we're gonna create the family, we have to move everybody in our house. I wanna start practice with intentionally be connected. Ministry has to be fun. Know each other personally, intimately like level. Yeah. And uh, we move our practice to our home. We start to do like coffee time together. We just try to know each other better, have, create the atmosphere where people feel welcomed, people feel connected, and people that people, I want people to feel that this is a place where they can feel safe to mm. be who they are. And after coffee time, we just like no agenda. We just start, we just worshiping. Mm. If it's practice, we need more technical parts. Great. If it's not, we just, just want to worship. Great. Let's just worship. And I think that would start to like has help us to start to move into place where um, it's more than just Sunday service. Yeah. Yeah. It's an overflow of, you know, family, like what happens on Thursday is, is so special and then it just overflows into Sunday. And then, you know, you don't have to start from, from beginning. You don't have to warm up. You don't have to do that first song to get everyone in the mood, you know, like you just, everyone's already like ready, you know? Hmm. No, yeah. I, I like that. No, I, I'll be honest. I'm jealous. Like that's not, can I come to your church? Can I come visit? <laughs> can I come hang out with the worship team? <laughs> Um, so something else I wanted to ask you guys about too, because this is, I think, part of also doing ministry that like, you know, people are like, oh, that's so cool. Both of you are on the worship team, you know, you're building family with that group. But then sometimes I wonder if we forget about like what that means when you have kids mm -hmm. and I know that you guys have kids. And so, so what's that like for you guys? What's it like, you know? Do, do your kids come in on Thursday nights and hang out with you guys? What's it like on, you know, a Sunday when you're getting everything set up? How do you handle that? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I feel like we don't have a lot of like 
authority to speak into that because we're still understanding it and learning it you know i don't feel like we've mastered it at all um, <laughs> well, you have, let me know because i don't know if anybody has <laughs> it's hard but um i mean the best thing when we started the church we our church is full of families with small kids like everybody who serves like our worship team has at least 30 kids combined, combined. with like like a group of 10 people you know and um so we had to have something so we started this like kids club in the morning for them to go and they have like breakfast and snacks and they do a, uh, something different from kids church you know and then they would go to kids church but when COVID hit you know that kind of changed and right now we don't have any kids ministry so um Thursdays we still my parents watch them or some someone else will keep our kids and we try to keep that just to our group but my my hope is that as they get older that like Jolie she's she's turning eight. And when she gets a little bit more like where she understands, I want her to be in there because I know it's so important for them to be around the, that atmosphere, you know, but on Sundays, like it's been really cool mm. the last two months that we've yes. been like open again, that the kids are right there in the service. Like we don't have anything. So they come with us at like 8am and they like play on their iPads and <laughs> church doesn't start till 1030, but they're there listening to the songs. And um, we still haven't figured completely how to do that yet, but even like if they're sitting on their iPads, it's so cool because we'll go home and then Jolie will tell us like, like, wow, it's so cool that story that Pastor Michael said or, or like, I can't get this song out of my head. And then Zoe will be walking around singing like our th four year old just singing songs like Waymaker. Like, <laughs> and so that like is like, I think that this is the first generation that they didn't have to grow up sitting on the pews like mm. at church you know mm. we, we entertain them so much and so I, I see such a gift in this season where like we thought it was so hard that we had to entertain our kids we had to have something to keep them occupied so we could go after the lord together and have some amazing experience but like I grew up falling asleep on the pews at church sitting you know being in services like all night long all day long and like it's such a special special like part of my life that i want my kids to experience that too so it's a gift mm. to realize that yeah and, and, and it's cool to and it's cool to hear to uh on sundays to hear the feedback from the little kids who's like eight <laughs> nine years old about like they're saying like dad uh we have a guy buck who's responsible for like you know lighting and uh, live streaming and his son he's like eight nine he's like dad you know there's something special wasn't this Sunday about the sun. Some worship was something about the worship was so mm. great. And interesting that they feel something that they never felt before and they can't find the right language to, to describe that. Yeah. And that's really encouraging because you can easily be caught up in, in the worship Sunday process, you know, practice, technical aspect, that easy to miss what's going on in those little hearts because it was so new for them. And you can see how, how the atmosphere is impact them like individually we have a little boy uh you can tell the story last sunday yeah uh, this it, past it, was, sunday. it was so amazing i'll try to keep it short but um we came to church and we had this like set plan we were doing a new song and it was it was fun it was whatever but the, the whole time we were doing sound check and everything i felt like there was no room to breathe like it was really good songs back to back like whatever but um I love these moments to pause and just like sit in his presence and, you know, like see what the Lord wants to do. And I felt like there wasn't any of that. And I kept going back and forth, like, do I need to change something? But like, everyone's prepared for this. Like it's easier to just stick with this plan. But, um, as we got closer and closer to the service time, like the screen stopped working, 
um, like all the lyrics stopped working and I'm like, we can't do that, a new song, like when people don't know the words, like I don't want to do that, especially when we're all wearing masks, like it's already hard to, <laughs> to yeah. sing along, like, yeah. um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to need to have, I have to swap out like one song maybe because of that. And so I go over to my team and I'm telling them like, guys, be prepared that we're just going to swap out like for a simpler song. And this kid was sitting there and he's like nine years old and he was like, I was going to tell you, you guys sound great, but you're not singing the right songs. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how do you know that? <laughs> like, that's between me and the Lord. Like, how did you, how did you know that? How did you pick up on that? And even just him speaking up and being comfortable enough and feeling that we are a family, we can just speak up. Like him saying that helped me realize, oh Lord, like you want to do something different. And it, like we do, we pray all the time that we surrender like our agenda and our plan. Mm. We just want to go after you. But then I was holding on so tightly to this plan for some reason, because it was more convenient. And we got up on stage and even the click track stopped working. Like everything, all the technology stopped working. And it was like, he just wants us right now. He doesn't want what we can give and what we can produce. And like our pastor just got up to start praying because we're like, we need a minute to figure this out. (laughs) He starts praying. And usually we start with like a fast, happy song. But he starts praying and like we just started playing Great Are You Lord because that was like the first song that came to my mind. And they start playing the music and we were like, it was like zero to 100. Like we were already there. Like there was no need to get people excited and in the moment like that God was there waiting for us. He's like, just just be obedient. Just just come on. Like and it took a little child to kind of help us realize that. And if he wasn't in there, like we would have just tried to go through our our plan. (laughs) Oh, no, I love that. I love that. Um, so there's one question that I like to ask um, any of my guests that come on because the whole idea is to try to give. I love these stories because that's exactly the stuff that like we don't get to see that right. Like we don't get to hear about that kid who t- told the whole worship team what to do. <laughs> but uh, so if there's one thing about ministry that you wish people knew, what would it be? And I'd love to get both of your guys' opinion on that. Oh yeah, mm, that's a good question. I would say. Um, I don't know if it's advice, but like I have my own principle that I, you know, sometimes when you're watching certain leaders, you know, like pastor, you so like your spirit, so attract that. I try to be really careful because I learned that what you see on a stage, it's not, it's not a full story. I always try to find if somebody speaking on my language spiritually, I try to find a video or audio, whatever it is. I want to see what kind of price he paid for this. Mm. Yes, I don't believe the strong ministry with a lot of influence and spiritual authority without paying the cost. You have to know that there is a cost that people pay to be where they are. Because people see the Instagram pages, they see the worship leaders on the little, you know, the behind, I mean, in front of the lights and all the smoke machine, whatever they do, churches. It's a great, but the real authority, you know, the the anointing would break the chain. So you have to understand that it's not your skills, it's what you carry. But what you carry, it's usually developed in the process when you know, the olives you know, squeeze, the olives, olives crash to produce the oil. And if, you, if, you, if there is no price, I would be just, just careful, you know, because a lot of people want to step into the ministry without realizing that there's going to be the process. It's going to be the crashing moment. It's going to be the price you have to pay. Uh, that, and I want to add one thing. It's like the, the lesson that I learned as a leader, nobody taught me that is I learned the leader, true leadership is you open your heart and people are going to hurt you. You open your heart again, knowing 
that people are gonna hurt you. Mm -hmm. You open again and do the process over and over and over. If you're not willing to receive the pain, you're not willing to still open your heart, maybe that's not for you. Mm -hmm. This moment at least is your season. Um, so that's where mm -hmm. I would say that's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's really good, I like it. What about you, Grace? Um, I think something I've been thinking about this week especially, just ministry and like leadership in ministry is so lonely. Like I don't know if like people that come to church realize how lonely pastors are. Because um, I think pastors have to, you know, they put up this front and they can't be as open and honest and they can't be as vulnerable because they are kind of on this pedestal and it's not their fault, but we put them up on this pedestal and it's lonely. But what I discovered just recently is like, it doesn't have to be lonely. <laughs> I think we've, we've made it that way. And, you know, like we're not trained pastors or anything. So we don't have like these principles and ideas like instilled in us. So we do things a little bit differently, <laughs> but I realized that, you know, you have to be careful with who you share with and you know, how open you are but church is supposed to be a family. So it's not supposed to be the pastors up here alone, like pouring into all these people. Like there should be something given back to them and people pouring back into them because it's a relationship, it's give and take, and it's, it's contributing to that. And I think, yeah, um, I think as pe people in congregations and in churches need to understand like, oh yes, like our pastors care so much about us and pour into us like how can we give back and how can we serve and, and bless them as family members you know we I think it's churches American church is very like consumer based <laughs> and but if you really if you all contribute it's a beautiful a beautiful thing yeah, it's like a beautiful marriage you know the both sides fighting for each other um, yeah yeah no I love it I think what I think it's so great that we got on here to talk about worship and, and you have, but at the same time, I love that throughout the conversation, the main word I keep hearing is family from you guys. Yeah, I that's, think that that's so cool. That's who we are. <laughs> yeah, who we are. No, I love that. I love that. Well, Grace and Victor, thank you guys so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you guys. And yeah, so thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you so thank much. You. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We're so excited and thankful for each of you being here. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Make sure to check back with us every Friday for another episode of Ministry IRL.